You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves. I'm a faculty member here at CCEF. I work in our New England office. And today I'm talking with my friend and colleague, Ed Welch. Ed, how are you? I'm doing very well today, Alistair, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Yeah, me too. Ed, the topic I wanted to, uh, to touch on today is one of those topics that um, if you just hear what the topic is, you may not be like, oh, I want to listen to a podcast on that. So let me see if I can make this as exciting better, and yeah, you better make as scintillating as possible, right? seconds to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, the, the topic is something like this. Can you be too practical um, or put more specifically and more pointedly, and I think the place where I'd be most interested to hear your thinking and engage is um, how do we deal with the fact that as counselors, we are called to be intensely practical in moving into people's lives, but there's this huge danger of becoming practical in a way that actually disconnects us from Christ that actually ends up sort of, there's practical suggestions and those are somehow separated off or cordoned off from our theology, our, our sense of relationship to the living God. So this is stuff I know you've been thinking about. Um, do you see that as a problem? And if so, how? Seared into my mind is, is this rhythm in, in not just the New Testament, but Scripture itself, that, that Scripture draws our attention to, to the true God, which, which obviously that is, you know, the statements about the true God converge into the person of Christ as we move to the New Testament. So Scripture identi- draws our attention to Christ in what he has done. And, and out of that, we respond in all kinds of different ways. So that rhythm is just just seared into my mind. I've thought about that. I've thought about that thousands of times. So, so I, I think my my concern is I know those things, but what does it look like in the course of a day? So let me let me see if I can identify how, different ways I have seen this problem in my own life and and even in my own counseling. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me go back early on. I can remember. I can remember when I was in seminary. Early in seminary, I, I somehow the the application of scripture, it just it, it just I found it liberating how scripture speaks mm. in, in in very specific ways to daily life and 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 I, I was I was probably reading different passages in James at the time I was probably looking at some of the specifics on the tongue in Ephesians four and and this this is so cool it it it, it it's it's not, it's not just simply hope of, of, of what's in front of us. It's, it's how we live today. Um, the Proverbs became much richer to me. And now I don't know if it changed the way I lived as a result of having that focus. But I can remember that when, I can remember coming alive to the practical applications in Scripture. So, so anyway, that, that's, what am I saying? I'm saying, as I look back on it now, why did that attract my attention so much? And, and, and why did that seem so, so lively? Let me give you a couple other illustrations. This is not, this is not about me. 
<laughs> a, a, I, I even though I have plenty about me, a, a man who who loves his wife dearly and godly man, just just he 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 gives himself to his wife uh, and. And one time his, his wife called when he was at work and she was especially anxious about something. And, and I, I think she was especially anxious. She was home alone and she was afraid that she was going to be accosted by somebody in her own home. Um, and, 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 and so, so she called her husband and her husband said, I, I want you to know this. I have, I have talked to the, I have talked to the police in our area. And, and they have, they said that within a two mile radius of our house, they have never had such a thing happen. They've never had such a thing happen. And, and so, so honey, you're, you're you know, you can, you're you safe. can rest yep. easily. You're good. Um, and, and, and what was it? It was, it, it sounded very loving, but it wasn't Christian in any way. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Christian in any way. It was playing the stats. It, it's, Nothing, nothing wrong with if you have a fear of flying, you try to study aerodynamics and how does this thing actually get up in the sky and stay up in the sky? Right. And studying aerodynamics might ease you a little bit in the same way that studying snakes and being able to distinguish venomous snakes, snakes from non-venomous snakes, it can, it, can, it can ease fear. So I'm not saying those things are wrong. They're simply, they're, they're, they're simply shallow. There, there is nothing personal about them. There is and, not and, ultimately this resting in another person. Right, because – and at the end of the day, what they can never do is utterly close the door because just because it hasn't happened ever within a two-mile radius, but this could be the one time. There's always that – there's always the loophole that, that people go to, and I've heard that case made many times. Well, yeah, I know it's not likely, but – yeah, that's why the stats are never helpful. They don't. Um, they never give the answer the person's really hungry for. And even even if it even if the stats are a plane has never gone down ever in the history of the universe, right. well, it, that doesn't the stats don't extend into tomorrow. Right. So so you know the fact that that doesn't work is interesting to us, but 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 I think I think what we're trying to get at is well let's let's sort of embed it more in scripture that that we are attracted to the law, the law that says, okay, here's how you live. Um, and, and again, it doesn't necessarily, it might not, it might not be compelling to us. So all of a sudden we go out and live that way, but we tend to have a penchant for it. Um, you can, you, you can, I, I suspect pastors find it in sermons when, when they get to a therefore at the end of their sermon, that's when people sort of perk up. Well, okay, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do today as a result? Uh, you don't think it's just because it's the end of the sermon? They know it's almost over. They're all, <laughs> that's what my kids always say. They're like, Daddy, I like this part. It's almost done. In no. conclusion, yes. In that's conclusion, right. all of a sudden, everybody's on the edge of their seat. No, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, and what is it? Galatians 4.21. Tell me, you who want to live under the law. You know, it, it's... That's one way we can sort of be drawn into, into scripture with this, that we know the rhythm, we focus on a person, we know the person, we live out of the person, and, 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 and it's, our life is a natural expression of who he is and what he's done. But, but in reality, that, that, that rhythm gets, it, it's, it, it it becomes backwards, or at least the emphases change, and what we do becomes most prominent. And and who has done it before us? Somehow, it doesn't have that 
practical weight to it. Um, and um, it, we become, and essentially become non-Christians. We, we live in this world where we're trying to manage how we, how we live and how we live in our daily lives. And, and this, this abiding in Christ, this, you can almost hear the Apostle Paul saying, come on, how did you get started in all this? You trusted, <laughs> you trusted in the one who has done everything. And, and somehow that just doesn't quite seem practical to us. So that's the problem that, that I still find is current in my own life. And I find that as a counselor, I can think what you do is, can, can be heard more clearly than, okay, let's talk about Jesus. Let's consider the implications of Christ and him crucified. And if we don't, if we can't figure out the implications, at least we're asking the right questions. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Ed, even just hearing you fleshing out where this is touching down for you, I realize how often this, for, for me, especially with three young kids, you know, five, seven, and nine, um, probably 10 by the time that this actually airs, uh, you know, uh, the, um, the, there's, act, there's a little guilt, I feel, every time that I answer a question with a purely uh, logistical answer. You know, like, oh, Daddy, oh, I'm scared, so scared about my math so test. You feel a little guilty about this. Go ahead. Well, hey, I've had guys like you running around teaching me all these years. <laughs> it, it's hard for not to have some of it rub off, right? Yeah, no, go ahead. Finish your, finish your, finish your thought. I mean, there, so, Dad, I'm scared about my math test today. And if my answer is simply like, oh, you, you're good at math. Don't worry about it. Um, which happens in this case to be true, um, you know that th there's, that there's help, a certain the comfort there. Not not terribly. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but then again, my best stabs at you know you know what the Lord is going to be with you and uh -huh. really like yeah. you're you are of more value than what you can do on a math test. Those two things don't really always seem to help that much either. So, I've uh, I've I've been uh, I think I've I've been tempered by an appropriate sense of yeah life is hard and picking up on these things is hard no matter what exactly you're trying to hand somebody but i i feel it i just i there's something when you, when you see an obvious action that someone could take or maybe not even an obvious action but a creative solution to a problem that's purely logistical or you happen to know the statistics and they're really good in favor of this fear not being legitimate or of if you will just forgive this person then and it's a in a sense it's a biblical and you're speaking truth you're forgiving you're um you know not giving in to anxiety you know those are those are good biblical sorts of things to be doing but but i feel that sense of you aren't connecting it into a relationship a relational trust if your fundamental help to someone is to give them an answer more than to give them a person uh there's a shelf life on yeah, that and, and of course since i love you my my desire in life is to assuage your guilt <laughs> good, uh, good. and 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 what you're doing with your daughter other than being ineffective is you're you're using shorthand. That, that's not that's not the sum total of 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 your discipling with your with your daughter. It's it's a smaller issue, and and you don't. There's no reason to talk about it for the next five minutes with her. Right. So you just throw out, sweetie. You're great at this stuff, and and it's it's a kind of encouragement. Um, it, but it's it, for you. It's shorthand, and I think I think that's probably for us as parents that. If you know, we're going to have those kinds of comments, but how in our own minds can we at least be thinking? Here's the rhythm. How and and it's it's Paul in First Corinthians chapter two, verse two, where it seems like he what he's saying is is let's start here, and since this is going to be a hard starting point, 
I'm going to, I'm going to dramatize it. Everything in this highly personal world, everything revolves around Christ and him crucified. And so, so it seems like what Paul is doing, as far as I can tell, through 1 Corinthians, he is addressing the problems in the church. And the way he addresses them is, is you, can, you can see, when you look carefully, his, his responses, whether they're sexual issues in the church, whether they're conflicts, whether they're partisan conflicts, they are consistently rooted in the person of Christ. Who is he and what has he done? You can see these direct links in the Apostle Paul's mind, even though he doesn't always make them explicitly. Yeah. So, so where do we go with this, Ed? How do we, how do we turn the corner? What, what's our uh, two steps of advice for counselors wrestling with desiring not to simply be practical, but to be Christ-centered? What, what do we say to parents? How do you wrestle this out in your own counseling, we're, we're drawn to the law and to the do this and X will result. Where, where do you go with that? The, sometimes sometimes I, I find personally that if I, if I can identify the problem, um, I'm three quarters of the way there. So, mm-hmm. so in that sense, I don't feel like I need two, two more steps. I, I recognize that, that I still, I still need a certain intentionality and diligence every day that how do I live today? I live because of Christ. I live out of Christ. I live by faith in Christ. And, and, and how, can, how can I recognize that that just, that just sort, of, sort of slips away from me at times? So it's enough for me, I think, to, to simply identify the problem. Uh, where, where can I go with this? One, one way is, is um, you know, the person I'm guaranteed to speak with every day, you know, for the most part, is my own wife. And, and I will see her this evening, and, and I will simply talk about this. I will I'll say, sure, I've been thinking, even in our own relationship, is Christ, and would people identify that we're Christians? Not just nice and caring or sacrificial or whatever it might be, um, and let's say they didn't hear us praying. <laughs> let's, say, let's say that's deleted. Would they notice that we are Christians? And, and what we want is, is we want to be able to speak of Christ more often. Uh, one of the things that you and I have talked about, Alistair, is how, how Paul, I think of Ephesians, he just is always saying the name of Jesus. It's, it's always there. And so I think that's the, the first way I will respond to this problem. I will talk to my wife and and I'll simply say, let's pray these things. Let's pray that we will get into the rhythm of Scripture, that that it, it is this highly, intensely personal world, and and it all comes and, and it's all connected to the person of Jesus. So that's that's what I'll do. I'll I'll raise the issue with her, and and we will pray according to the the very promises of God that we that that, that Christ would be on our lips in a slightly different way. So if people heard us over in the course of a day, they would say they're Christians. Hmm. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, I feel like that just captures, there, it's so hard not to talk about the benchmarks as if they were goals. Like, okay, well, I want to use the name Jesus six times in the next hour. Every 10 minutes, I will say, I'll find a way to work it in. It's like, 
No, that, that's, that's not the goal. The goal is to be the kind of person who, who doesn't even notice and can't even help but speak the name of Jesus. And that means I'm praying about it. You know, Paul doesn't seem to be saying like, well, I've gone for three sentences now. And, and well, for Paul, three sentences could be quite a long time. But still, <laughs> point being, you know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have a, a benchmark. And so there can, be, there can be a value to identifying the problem and identifying it even with, you know what, here would be a great sign that I was doing better. Like my talk would be more full of the name of Jesus. That would be a wonderfully practical application. Um, and it might need to start even by saying, you know, what? I want to ask myself, am I doing this? I want to push myself to be doing this, to focus on having the name Jesus spring up in my conversation. But ultimately the goal would be that my heart would be captured by him in a way that it would, it would be difficult not to speak the name of Jesus in any given conversation. Uh, the uh, second thing uh, is, is I have a small group that I'm part of and meets every other week and we're not meeting, we're not meeting this evening, but, but to have as a, as a, as a commonly occurring question, how are you knowing Jesus better? What are you learning about Jesus? To simply have that is, as, 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 as a lead for, for, for our conversations together. With, with counseling, to, to have a bit of a preamble during my times with other people, that it would go some, something like this, that, that, that somehow, somehow what we're doing, what we're looking for, where we're going, it is, is fundamentally connected to what Jesus has done, where he has come, he's crucified, he's risen, and, and he is with us by his spirit. The living God is with us by his spirit today. And that, that is who we want to turn to. And, and just something as, as, as brief as that, and to, and to pray that, that that indeed would be what the spirit would give us. He would give us more of Christ as, 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 as sort of the, 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 you know, the ground for everything that we do, just to have that kind of prayer, even, even today with the people that I'm going to see. Thanks for pushing me to move more specifically with this. <laughs> you got it. It's funny. I even just think, um, I'm thinking about a, our supervision time as a, as a team here in New England a few weeks back. Probably the, mo probably the most pressed I felt on this uh, in the last while was that was at the supervision meeting in which um, one of our counselors um, gave an absolutely brilliant practical suggestion to a counselee. It was a the, the counselee was a I think a younger mom who was struggling with a fair amount of anxiety and just sort of like feeling um, pulled in different directions by work and kids and I, I don't even remember exactly what the situation was. But um, one but the, there was this practical suggestion that our counselor gave of um, you know what you should do you should put out a tray of snacks for your child after school. And you should say, you can help yourself to this tray anytime you want. I'm not getting you any more snacks until all the snacks on the tray are gone. So some were healthier, some were less healthy. And, you know, just sort of like, here's the way you're, you're helping them balance their diet. You're, can, you're caring for their hunger, et cetera. And I think this mom had been struggling with like, oh, my child keeps being hungry and that like totally interrupts my flow at work. But then I feel like I'm being pulled away from work. And anyhow, I thought it was just one of those moments where you heard on the ground wisdom that was so clearly a great idea. And it made me want to run home and be like, hey, let's get a snack tray with like 10 mm -hmm. little things in it. And, and but, but I pressed us in, in the meeting, all of us saying, okay, how would we articulate that choice to do this brilliant practical thing as an act of faith? How can it not just be, oh, that's a good idea, but how can, 
how does that in any way express faith in Christ? And it was interesting how we, we, we had to work hard to press each other to, to speak about it. I don't even remember exactly where we came down, but I think that, that, um, that language of how does my wisely lived practical application become an opportunity to say, this doesn't make sense for me to do unless there is a good God who is in personal relationship with me and who oversees me. And here's, I, I think we probably landed somewhere in the direction of, you know what, my fear is that I am going to, going to harm my child by being inattentive. Here's a chance to actually be, in a sense, less attentive with a, 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 pr a provision that is less hands-on. Um, and I'm therefore, by being less engaged in caring for my child's hunger, I am entrusting that child and their choices and what they do and don't eat into the Lord's hands. Um, he, he is the one who sustains my child's breath and heartbeat and Adam's every second. This is a entrusting and just that kind of, I want to help people as counselors articulate to counselees, how, how is this thing we're suggesting is a great idea for you to do, given your situation, how can it become a consciously chosen act of faith? And, and that is not always easy. All right. I have plenty to do now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a great illustration. It, it's the difference between wisdom in, in sort of the more generic sense, where, where Christians and non-Christians can have a certain sense of what might be wise in the situation to move from, from something that's good and wise to something that's truly Christian and founded yeah. on Christ and our response to him. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's great. Alistair. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming and chatting about these things and uh, we'll both go home and sit out some snack trays and uh, enjoy the fruits. <laughs> when you think about practicality of counseling and the Christ-centeredness of counseling. There's a lot of further study you could do. Um, today's free resource is going to be Relational Wisdom, A Better Kind of Smart, which is a talk that Ken Sandy of Peacemakers gave at our national conference in 2015. It'll be free until the next episode goes up. You can email us, as always, at podcast at ccef.org. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time. Blessings.